Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com slash breadbox. And a hello to everybody. Welcome to Beneath the Surface. Paul Morano here with my guest, Mr. Bob LeBlanc, fellow truth seeker. Bob, welcome to Beneath the Surface. Hey, thanks for having me on. Do you like that title? That That's what you're going to be from, from now on. Fellow truth seeker. Uh, a fellow truth seeker? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I, that's uh, appropriate. I like a uh, lover of wisdom, you know, philosopher, <laughs> but... You know. All right. Well, the, we'll give you both. Lover of wisdom who is a fellow truth seeker. Tonight, we are going to, this is our third installation in our series on the creed, Beneath the Surface. And um, our first show on the creed, Beneath the Surface, was we, we are taking each phrase of the creed, creed uh, separately. And the first one was, I believe. So we just delved into the notion of, of belief and faith and how Faith is distinct from reason and science, and yet they're all th- they're three avenues to the same one truth, ultimately, which is and who is God. And in our second show, we uh, the focus was on in one God. So I believe in one God. That's basically the entire introduction to the creed. What do you believe in? One God. And then after that. We go into who this God is and what he did. But in that second show, when we focused on in one God, we focused on monotheism. And what does it mean to believe in one God uh, compared to the ancients and compared to many of the pagan religions of today? And uh, in that, and we d- spent a lot of time on how this God is not just one being, but three persons. He is a Trinitarian God, infinite and eternal being, yet three distinct persons. And we went over all of that last show. And here is show number three, which we are going to focus on the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. The Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Now, we're not going to talk about of all things visible and invisible, specifically, because that'll be our next show. And we'll talk about angels and demons and all of that for next show. But for this show, I want to focus on the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That's creator. All right, Bob, I think we, um, we reviewed enough. You ready to rock? Sure, sure. Okay, ready to go beneath the surface, are you? Yes, let's go. Let's All right. do the, the diving uh, bell there. Let us, wooga, let us wooga. <laughs> All right, here's my first question to you, and I have several. Here's my first question to you. Why does the creed focus on the one word almighty? Why not? I mean, we know that God is all-knowing, he's all-loving, he's infinite, he's eternal, he's all-powerful, which means almighty. Why the word 
almighty rather than any of the others. Well, that's got me stumped, actually. Why, <laughs> why that, uh, other yeah. than anything well, else? Uh, well, well, here, well we're, we're here to delve together beneath the surface on these questions. Right. Um, well, the thing that's very attractive to me about um, one god or, or the, the philosopher's kind of input, I, I've always been attracted to Aristotle's description of God as pure act. Okay. Um, and really, really, what he's saying, and and you've you've mentioned the other things, is 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 it really means that God is infinite? But I think I think Almighty brings that more immediate. That 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 brings us into the idea of more than just all powerful, but actually. Oh. A god, a god that 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 can do what he wills, whatever so, he wills. And what's the difference between almighty and all powerful? Um, or at least to you, do you see a distinction? No, not not that much of a, a distinction. Okay. Almighty seems to be more of a word that that uh, is talking about a person. Yeah. Uh, when you you would you would say almighty about a king, you know, if you were being extravagant about your words and flowery, hmm. um, all powerful. I'm not sure if that something would be word. Powerful seems to be more technical about things. Okay, I and, and, I, I and, buy that. Yeah, this is this is really yeah. kind of speculative stuff for, uh, on yeah. my part here, but. Oh, sure. uh, but that makes sense. When you think of power, you think of uh, electricity, or you think of lightning, or or you think of an earthquake. Uh, but when you say, um, when you say almighty, uh, it's, you're, you're saying that that sounds a little more personal to you. It does. And, okay. and, and actually, I wanted to, to actually grab onto the very, very first word of the phrase. Well, um, well Father, is that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, let's get to that in a, in a moment, all right? That, that's okay. later, that's a little later. Um, all right, God, is happy, perfectly, perfectly happy in and of himself for all eternity. Uh, as we talked about last, um, last week, God is a uh, trinity. So the three persons in one God have an eternal, infinite, never beginning, never ending, perfect relationship of love that is, is perfectly fulfilling. So here's my question with all of that said. Why did God create anything? Well, my it's opinion, my perfect. opinion is I would go I would go to the fact that God is loving, not just merely loving, but actually with God and when we were talking about an almighty God, yeah, or an infinite God, this love is infinite or in more in more re religious terms, this love is overflowing. Um, in, well, in the sense that a cup is overflowing. Well, uh, I, I hear you, but let me let me just stop you right there, because for all eternity, you could, and I hate obviously I hate to use the word before creation because that that is that's right that's nonsensical. But since I don't have another word, I'll say it anyway. For an eternity before creation, God His love overflowed in the persons from Father to Son, from, from Son to Holy Spirit, from Holy Spirit to Father, and so that triadic 
uh, that that dynamic of eternal and infinite love was always there. So why did it need to overflow into something other than himself? Well, first let let me backtrack here because okay. I think you let you led into a way where where we might go into a, a paint ourselves into a corner by saying uh, that creation was necessary, and I I, I think. That's not what I'm trying to say. Right. I didn't think you were. Okay. Well, I yeah. make, wanted to make that clear. So, yeah. um, yes, I think I think the 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 idea that God's love was overflowing even before then, but I think I think they're it, not out of necessity, but out of out of sheer joy of doing it wanting to share in this love to have other participants in this love the more the merrier so to speak i think is is um okay maybe kind of the the theological kind of underpinning for that and i realize that even falls that's even insufficient because god is already complete in himself exactly perfectly complete um but uh I think just just to express it in terms that we might understand um, is 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 that really all of God's love is really a sheer gift. Yeah. And and I and I think we're getting deeper into the meaning of the word love when we when we talk about this overflowing love where it's it's really is a sheer gift of His creating the universe and creating other persons out of out of this so it's 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 a an overflowing love that that is giving of itself really by definition i think god didn't need to do that do this right but god would not do otherwise than do this if i'm clear so so that's, this that, is well that's i think that's clear as mud I understand there is a paradox here because God is eternal. So in his one eternal thoughts, in his one eternal act, because God is pure act, creation is, is a part of that. So he, he wouldn't have done anything different, but you're saying he wasn't, it, it, it wasn't necessary for him to do it. Right. What I'm trying to uh, go there is thread that, 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 that needle hole. Um, yeah to do that and maybe this is the the way to express it here if i could capture the thought again okay it's in it's in god's character to do this so so knowing god as a, a trinity of three persons yeah you could speak of a person's character and so it's is out of his character that he would do that this not necessarily out of necessity that he would do right. this right so, so I think what you're saying is it makes sense that he would do this. Now, now, exactly why? Obviously, that's a mystery. Maybe we can ask him when we get to heaven uh, with God's grace. But it's not surprising. It makes sense that God, the God that we know that has been revealed to us, would do this. Would yes. create. Would create. I, I, yeah. I think. I think that's the really the deepness of the Christian revelation is hmm. not merely that God loves us. But God is love. Yeah. And when we say God is love, we're actually saying that God loves perfectly. Yes. All right. So then um, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. 
Is there only one universe, do you think? Um, I don't think there, we're necessarily um, stuck with one universe. Um, we're stuck with one creation. Okay. Right? Um, so, so as you were speaking, you're t there's God's one act yeah. Yeah. of cre and included in this one act is creation itself. And whether there are, there's a multiverse in this creation or there's just a single universe in this creation, I, I think theologically either one is acceptable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And could you say that there may have been other universes prior to ours uh, that is no, that no longer exists and maybe some that are coming after ours that will exist? Um, I'm not sure if those make sense because that's kind of like uh, talking about reincarnation um, kind of. Why would that be? Um, just uh, well, I think. In the in the I think Eastern sort of theologies or their their philosophical worldviews is there's an endless cycle uh, of of creation and destruction creation and destruction. Um, the Christian worldview is there there's a beginning and then there's an end to our to creation as we know it. As as and so I guess we could have what you were talking about as long as you had that beginning and end for each one where you wind up uh, with each creation winding up as part, at least the part that decided to return the love of God, uh, be part, be, be there in heaven with God um, at okay. the end of time. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it seemed to me that this what you were describing before was a creation and end where God is like throwing away the previous universe and starting all over again. Well, let me ask you about that, because actually I was going to it was one of my questions. Uh, suppose you have a, an artist, uh, a, a human being who who does a, a nice, beautiful painting. Uh huh. And after 20 years of it being in his living room, he gets he gets tired of it. He's, he's had enough of it. Uh, so he throws it out uh, in the garbage, and he creates another one because you know he wants to. Is there any, before we get to God? Is there anything wrong with that? Because it was his painting, right? Well, he created it out of nothing, uh, so, so he he has the right to throw it out. No. Well, I I think if you're just talking about uh, a a person, a limited being, yeah. that would be true. I think that it's that that makes sense that yeah, uh, they have a right to, to throw it out because it's theirs right okay so god creates a universe um after what might be equivalent to uh quadrillions of years why is it possible that god could annihilate it um i guess I, I really don't know the limits of God here. Is, is I'd have to admit that I don't know what the limits of God are. Um, but, but I guess. What do you sense here, though? My sense is that n no, no, right. this is the, this is not in the character of God. Um, that that God would would do this first. First of all, I think even though this may not be the most perfect of all universes in a certain sense or the, the the perfect world i guess is the the way that p other people would describe it it may not be the most perfect world um well i mean nothing's perfect compared to god so right i, I mean so that's that's nothing irrelevant is, 
nothing, nothing. Re- well, we we reach completion. We reach right. perfection in a certain way. We reach perfection in the sense of completion. Uh, right. But I mean, um, in comparison to God, our perfection in in our completion is is nothing. So no, it's it's right. always limited. It's always limited. But but so, it implies that maybe God made a mistake. Oh, uh, no 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 no! I'm not saying that. I don't, God never makes mistakes. I I would never never insinuate right, that. Right right right. But this 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 uh, would God get tired of His own creation? I just don't see that. I just don't see God getting tired of. I'm just tired of this thing. I'm going to throw it away and start something new. Um, that implies that implies uh, a being in time, a being, okay. a, a, you know, only only really human beings can can be bored. Uh, no, well, I'm, maybe I said the wrong word. God isn't bored and he doesn't get tired of things. But if he could, he will for whatever reason he wants to annihilate his creation and maybe. Maybe not create again, or or maybe create again later. Uh, like I said, I don't know what the limits yeah. of God are. Um, I I I can only I, I I sense that God would not do that. Uh, mm. But uh, whether that's within the limits of what God is or God is not, um, yeah. I don't know. I I the honest honest answer is I really don't know. This is really stretching well, my uh, my abilities here. <laughs> well. I, our faith, the Catholic faith, says that after death, we will be resurrected and live forever. Right. It doesn't say we will live three and a half trillion years afterwards. Absolutely. It says forever. So in that respect, would you say that our faith, I know you were trying to use reason, but uh-huh. would you say that our faith ensures us that there will never be an annihilation of God's creation? Well, yeah, and, and we get a, we kind of get that promise, you know, um, after the sto- in the story of Noah's flood, uh, that he would not do that, um, and I th- I think we could take that as an article of faith. God is not going to get so disgusted with us uh, that he's going to uh, eliminate his creation or um, eliminate us. There is there is. But you're saying by the very nature of God, and I just want to get this straight, by the very nature of God, once he creates something, particularly if it's personal, then he will never annihilate it. It'll always be with him. Yes. The, the, well, there's, there's no way that, that, it would, that God could free, forget, let's say, a previous creation. Um, right, right, every, right. Everything, everything that God creates is going to be part of the eternal now. Okay. So there's nothing to forget or to to erase uh, because it will all always be part of God. Well, right. in a certain sense, part of God. Um, we, we know through divine revelation that in his creation, uh, we are made in his image and likeness. Nothing in the Bible is made in the image and likeness of God other than human beings. Right. Is it possible in your estimation God could have created other personal beings um, that are, they might not even be physical. I mean, we know about angels, but they might be gaseous or they might be um, just in a, just a whole different form that we can't even imagine somewhere else in the universe that, um, that uh, are intelligent beings. Sure. Absolutely. Well, we know we, you already mentioned the angels. Yeah. And I want to put them off until next show, but other, uh, other beings. 
Sure. There, there, there's a, a, a C.S. Lewis, who is one of my favorite uh, um, Christian authors, uh, wrote science fiction, and he posited exactly that. And uh, other authors who've written science fiction-y sort of things uh, don't have a problem with the fact that there are other intelligent beings that are not human beings, and they're not purely spiritual beings, but they could be material be beings uh, that, that are rational. Absolutely. That's cert I mean, the universe is big enough to contain them. So Now, uh, from what we know of matter, and, and who knows, it might be different in, in the other corners of the universe. From what we know, there are three three forms of matter, solid, liquid, and gas. Yes? Sure, sure. Right. In, in, in the, the state of the universe right. that we have now, All yeah, right. there, there yeah. is that. Yeah. Now, we're, we're pretty much solid creatures. You know, we're also, uh -huh. we're also liquid inside and so forth. Can you imagine beings that may, may be just liquid creatures or gaseous creatures? Um. Yeah, I guess I guess right. that's theoretically possible. I'm I'm not a scientist to that right. extent to know whether that would be feasible or not, but I, I'm open to that possibility. Yeah, with with uh, with spiritual souls that have intellect and will. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, um, I think that's really the the only limitation that we have is is that it be matter of some sort and a spiritual soul on the on the other side of things uh that mm. makes us uh different from other other beings in the universe other beings in creation right okay now and if and if they fell if they disobeyed god like like our species did um would god uh in would the second person of god uh come down and become one of them possible um uh, I'm, I'm going to borrow from C.S. Lewis here. Um, okay. he, he wrestled with this question because right, right now, um, Jesus is in heaven in a material body, um, right. in heaven eternally. Glorified material body, yeah. Glorified material body in heaven, and that's forever. And so right. you, have, you have right now um, a person of the Trinity – with a material body, a human, um, a human nature, a human, yeah. a human nature, and you know, you, you you might get some people who object would object and say, no, the person, you know, the person of the sun couldn't do that again. Um, and I, so, I guess I could see I could see that argument. Yeah, I'm not partial to that. I think I think it is possible that. Uh, you would have the the sun, you know, uh, take on another material. Uh, uh, or you think it's po you think it's possible to do uh, that that um, the sun could have taken on another nature. Could have taken on another nature. I think that's and, possible. And live uh, live eternity with the Father, the Holy Spirit, the saints, and the angels, uh, other than Jesus. The sun could be Jesus and other creatures also. Is that what you're saying? I think that's possible, but I, I, I think I, I think I want to defer to C.S. Lewis, and he, he thought that if another race had fallen, yeah, they that God would come up with even a more unimaginable gift that would blow our minds, and as soon as we realized what it was, it would make sense to us. 
So the fact that Jesus uh, came down or the son of God condescended, came down uh, to earth is a mind blowing thing in and of itself. No question. Uh, but, but once you get into that mystery, it kind of makes sense. And you say, God could do nothing other than but this. And, and even, even within hmm. uh, uh, Catholicism, you have, I think, Franciscans. This is a favorite Franciscan sort of yeah. thing, that God, that the Son would have become incarnate even if we had not fallen. Not even if we hadn't sinned, yeah. And that's another whole show. Maybe we'll get into that when we get into Jesus. But let's get back to the Father for the few minutes that we have. Why the Father? Why not just call him the Creator, the first person of God? Well, because th that's – I love this question because it's relational. It's telling us that there's mm. a relation here. We have a relationship within the Trinity. Yeah, I was about to say that. Within God or outside of God with us? <laughs> yes, with us. And, and so well, that's, Both, both you're saying. Within God, both, there, both. there's a relationship. Well, yes, there – because this, I think, is really the whole reason for the Trinity, or maybe not the why per se, but this is kind of really going into the depth of the Trinity, that God is relational all the way yeah. through. Uh, so it's not merely relations between the persons of the Trinity, yeah. but rather when we're talking about this creation, we're, we're talking about a creation with all these other in, uh, intelligent beings that have a relationship with God as well. And so God covers all these different levels of relation. Um, yes. Not merely between him, uh, yeah. between all the persons of the Trinity, but yeah. also with his creation and having a relationship even with other living beings that are not intelligent there's there's these dis different levels of relation that you sure can god in other words god loves his whole creation and his whole creation experiences it in the various ways that they can according to their natures absolutely you know, you know rocks experience it uh not consciously of course animals experience it in their sensual ways and so does the vegetable kingdom and human beings uh, we're special because in his image and likeness, we're persons and we have intellect and will, reason and, and love. So we can have a personal relationship with God and that's what he seeks from us. And that's really what it's what religion is all about. Um, the Father Almighty. Could I add something? So, yeah. I, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to bring something and it may have been discussed before, but I really want to cover this. Okay, is go ahead. The Father also is is unique each of the persons are unique but i want to talk about the uniqueness of the father yep go ahead and the father is the principle without principle that comes directly from the catechism and so, so is another way of saying that the father is the source of the trinity yeah in a way the so all the different persons of the trinity they're all uncreated and so right. So the, 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 the Son is eternally begotten of the Father, and the, 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 the Holy Spirit eternally proceeds from the Father and the Son. Right. But the, the origin of all this comes from the Father. That's why the Father right. is the Father. Not in time. Right. 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 Okay. So 
the father is the father eternally. But but wouldn't it then be reasonable to say that the father is the father of the son, and he is the father of the Holy Spirit? Um, I I think in a very very loose way you might say that. They, they, there's a distinguishing between the, 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 the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Son is generated, and the Holy Spirit proceeds. Now, if you're going to ask me what that really means, uh, I, I don't know, but I know there's definitely that distinction. Yes. Um, and, and, so, and, and, and really, maybe there's also this difference, is that the Spirit is this, not merely the Spirit of the Father, but it is also the spirit of the son. Right. Just like a, a child is the child, not only of the father, who is the principal creator, but also of the mother. And as the Easterners say, Eastern Christians, that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the father through the son. And there's truth to that. Just like a child proceeds from the father through the mother in a, in a similar sense. But that's, that's analogy and speculation. Is there anything else you want to talk about, about God being Father and Creator? Well, I think we could go even more into uh, Creator. Um, okay, with a couple minutes left, what would you like to say about it? Um, well, we have, to, we have to know that creation happened from nothing. There was yes. no cre there was no creation before the, the the entire source of creation and it, what holds creation in its being is God. Yes. That, that so, so he so he creates out of nothing and sustains con continuously his his creation. Right. Uh, a, a lot of people kind of think you know uh, have this kind of deist perception of God where. God winds up the universe and lets it go on its own independently. Yeah. And I think that leads at leads to many, many problems further on theologically. Right. Understanding that if God could possibly forget us, then we would cease to exist. Right. Right. Um, and, and he probably can't possibly forget. Uh, not probably. <laughs> he can't possibly forget us. He can't but, forget but us. But theoretically, if he were to do that or anal analogously turn his back on his creation, it wouldn't exist. Right. So, yeah. so there, there's, there's that. And, and there's this as well, I think we need to say about creation, is that creation is distinct from God. Oh, so that, even, though, even, even though... Even though creation is permeated with God, because God is imminent, and so God is everywhere. Yes. But still, creation is distinct from God. We we can't say we can't look at you know this picture over there or this rock over there and say that's God. No, that would be pantheism, not monotheism. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between creation and creator, and uh, the creator is eternal. Um, um, God is simply, whereas creation is just all of creation is dependent on God. So there's this one big distinction mm. that that you we alluded to at the very very beginning. Mm. So there is God, and then there is creation. That's really the first big division that we deal with. And that is an infinite division. Right, but yeah. there, there's there is there is so there is God, and everything else. Yeah, is I creation. The last point I want to make is um, the distinction that uh, between Christians' understanding of God as Father versus Muslims' understanding of God as Creator and 
um, Jewish, uh, the, the, the ancient Jewish understanding of God as, as Yahweh. So why don't you just, uh, th this will be our last, last uh, point. Well, um, Christianity is really very unique in this, in calling God as Father, having yeah. this intimate relationship with, with uh, God as Father. Um, with, with the Jewish faith, there is a certain personal relationship that is intimate there. It's the, yeah. It is kind of uh, the type that the Christian, Christians would have, but right. they it's, have it at a much deeper level. Yeah, so, so it sort of began it, but they never really, maybe once or twice, but it's hardly ever seen in the Old Testament of the Jewish people calling God Father. Yeah. Yeah. As as far as Islam, I, I just know this story that Scott Hahn had related when he was talking to this Muslim theologian where he was, right. and, and Scott Hahn would mistakenly refer to God as the father, and and the Muslim would just say, no, this is blasphemy. We cannot call God our father. And he, yeah. he, he talked about the relationship between him and his dog and if he had an apartment and he had to move and go to another apartment and they didn't allow dogs killing the dog would be just like that there's a very uh god is more of a king or or an absolute ruler who we merely obey yeah. um rather than having this kind of filial relationship with god you mean for you mean for muslims Yes, for Muslims. This, this is the case, okay. Muslims don't have yeah. this kind of family relationship right. where... Uh, and, and I would say to, to Muslims and Jewish people um, that's the reason why Christians can and do call God Father, that we have that intimate relationship of father and children, is because when you are in Christ, uh, you become adopted sons and daughters of God. It's right there in Galatians. So that being in Christ means me being in the, in, in, in the mystical body of Christ, uh, permeated by his Holy Spirit, being in a state of grace, then we in Christ can call him Father. Yeah. And in fact, Jesus tells us to. In fact, the one prayer that he gives us is the what? Our the, Father. Uh, the Our Father. Bingo. Last well, word? I've, yeah, I did want to add this one little piece yeah. of it because I wanted to go into what you were talking about in Christ. Yeah. Jesus talks about grafting of us onto um, his body. So, so that like, as if you had a tree or a vine. Vine and the branches. Wanted, yeah. The vine and the branches. You want to graft, you want to be grafted on to this Trinitarian family. And so through Jesus, we become adopted sons and daughters yeah. of the father. We become part of the family and we rightly call him father. Makes right. sense. Wonderful. It's a great, it's, it's reassuring. Absolutely. It's, it's really beautiful. Mr. Bob LeBlanc, thank you so much, my fellow truth seeker. You, we we uh, delved beneath the surface. We speculated a whole lot and we spoke about, uh, spoke about the catechism. Okay. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. That's where we are at this point in the creed, beneath the surface. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Again, Paul Morano my, with my guest, Bob LeBlanc, um, saying farewell on Beneath the Surface. Have a great week.
Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.